In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, let us worship and bow down before Christ. What a beautiful call today. We hear about our God, whom we worship today. His power over the enemy, such as the one that is seeking the hearts of the youth, especially girls, as we heard. In the Gospel lesson today, we hear about Christ as a disturber, the divine disturber. And my message to you today is that you ought to be disturbed by this Christ, because it's only through the divine disturbance that we are divinely healed. And this includes those people that were mentioned in the advertising earlier today, all the categories. Christ, the divine disturber, what happened? He encounters in the Gospel of St. Luke here, in the land of the pagans, of the Romans, if you wish, on the Easter sign side of the, the Sea of Galilee, a demoniac. This man is described in the Gospel lesson today with many symptoms that the transgender people who act on their passions will face later, and some of them to, um, to suicide. The demons had taken possession of this man in the gospel here. He was naked. He lived not in the house, but in among the tombs. Naked meaning he was emptied of the grace of God, of anything divine in him. Living not in the house. The Holy Fathers interpret this at times. Not living in this house, in the church. Being away from the church. Among the tombs. Among those who are dead. And who are dead? We talked last night at Vespers. The dead are the ones who are away from God. So he had good company there. The dead among the tombs. And this man was so fierce, so powerful, the demons gave him so much power that he was breaking the bonds. In another gospel, it says that he was hurting himself, cutting himself with stones. And nobody could get close to him. But he had a voice, you see. When Jesus came close to him, he immediately responded to that with violence. Why is that? Jesus disturbed him. Jesus came to disturb the demoniac as much as he comes to disturb you and I today. And what was the disturbance here? Holiness next to the darkness of the evil. The man, the poor soul was caught in between. What have you to do with me, Jesus? Why are you here? Leave me alone. Don't disturb me. He names it Son of the Most High God. The devil knew exactly who this man was, Jesus. I beseech you, do not torment me. This is uh, the response to the disturbance that Christ brought to this man, responding to the devil, for the healing of the man. Ask how, what his name was. Legion. Proclaimed, Legion is a military grouping of Roman soldiers, about 6,000 of them, indicated that this man was hosting thousands of demons. Thousands of demons. And we think of them as damaging. We think of these demons affecting us as well. We might think we're healthy. These demons inhabit in us as well, inhabit us. They war within us. Our hearts are in turmoil. 
They subvert our spirit. These demons break our hearts. The demons are the ones who bring to us, who bring us to the breaking point. The ones who send darkness, bring despair, anxiety, a heavy heart, sad in the spirit, weary of life, is the effect of hosting demons. How many do you have? I will list a few. Guilt, the demon of guilt, the demon of fear, the demon of anger, the demon of ambition, the demon of pride, the demon of lust, the demon of envy, the demon of adultery, the demon of fornication, the demon of self-pity, the demon of lust for power, the demon of revenge, the demon of rebellion, the demon of chemical dependency, the demon of dot, 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 the world is pervaded by the demonic. The demon of death that is proclaimed in our neighborhoods, celebrated, unfortunately, by some of you on the day of Halloween. So sad. Yes, the world is per pervaded by, this, by the demonic. But the Lord came to disturb the devil and to heal the man. What happened to him? The one who was naked, the one who was enraged, who was wild, who was violent, was healed by the simple command of the Lord, after which the, pigs, the demons went to the pigs to show us how powerful they were. And how God, by His mercy, holds us in His hand not to fall completely prey to be destroyed by the demons. The man now was found sitting at the feet of Jesus, closed and in the right mind. I might say, this is the position of the normal human being that we all strive to be. Jesus Christ, like Him. To be like Christ. To be at His feet. Meaning what? To listen to the Word of God. To be close to Him and to follow it. To be clothed. Meaning what? To put on the robe of righteousness that is given to us when we confess our sins in the mystery of confession. To be in the right mind. Is to be not in the, right, in the mind of those that use the media and the, the propaganda as mentioned. But in the mind of the church. A mind that we study, we read and try to impregnate in our own life, in our own being. This man is an example of how you and I ought to be. Our calling is to be, some, some of the fathers recognize in these three qualities of the demoniac healed, the three qualities of the baptized person. He calling to be the priest at the feet of Christ, the king that is clothed in righteousness, the robe, white robe, and the prophet, the one who can take out into the world the mind of the church and explain it. The disturbance of this man that was rejected, lonely. You see other qualities that the affected people today in, the, in our world uh, share in. He was healed of all these things and he was by the Lord. Here's the second disturbance. There are three of them. The second one. The Lord makes it now to the... The, the news make it to the villagers there in, in Gadara. They find out about this. And what do they say? Oh no Lord, you have come here to disturb us indeed. But 
our way of life, our values are more important than what you bring to us. In other words, our pigs are more important than people. This man that you healed, this miracle that happened, the healing of you take the acronym, the, the letters, and, the, and, and, and all the, the LGBTQs and so on. The healing of one who is mentally sick. The healing of one who is spiritually sick. The healing of one who is physically sick. Leaves us cold, Lord. No. It's more important for us to care about the pigs. The Lord brings disturbance to them in the realm of the way of life. What is your way of life on Sundays? What is your way of life on Holy Week? What is your way of life during Lent? When we celebrate St. Demetrius tomorrow evening. This is what it means by the way of life. Our very life, what we do. When we work, when we sleep, when we party, when we spend with family. What we value? Pigs more than the healed man. The value system is challenged, disturbed in the way of life, and they say, go. Come on, go, 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 go. Christ, go back to the Father. In our days, we might say, I'm not interested in you, Lord. My lifestyle is more important to me. Just let me be with my addiction. Let me be with my fornication. Let me be with my pettiness, with my concern about wealth. You name it. Let me be. We all have within us, as back then, the demoniac, a voice that says to us, you don't want to be challenged. And indeed, we don't want to be changed. It's not easy. We don't like to be confronted as I confront you now. We don't like to be altered, to change our life. You mean, for 70 years I've been doing this? Yaya told me that I should uh, come to church, you know, right before communion. I don't want to change that. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want to be redeemed or transformed. And although some of us might go along with the message of Christ, of disturbing our comfort, we draw a line. We say, enough, Lord, this is enough. To a point. We go to a point. And that point typically is when we have to pay a cost for that. God paid the price. The life of His Son on the cross. To teach us that there is a price to be paid if we want to be like Him. There's a cost that we have to pay for following Christ. The one who comes today to disturb our comfort. Some prefer to stay outside of the church. Saying, Father, your message, the message of Christ is scandalous to me. That's fine. This happened 2,000 years ago when he preached. Other might say, I prefer to ban Jesus from my life. I'm part of the community. I come to the festival. I cook the food. But Jesus is not part of my life. Leave! As one of the priests was writing in a document that I read to prepare for this. Go back in your book. Go back to the cross. Leave me. 
If it's your body, go back in the, in the tabernacle here that, that hosts you. Get out of my life. These gather, gatherings, as much as they were blessed with the healing of one of them, kicked Jesus out of the area. And what did he do? He left. Reminding us that where the arms are not opened and the heart is not ready to receive Him, He will not put pressure. He will honor our freedom. As we ought to do with every single person that we know. The divine disturber is the divine healer. But the healing is attributed to those who want it. If you don't want to be healed... He will not heal you. To be healed, one has to show Christ the wounds. Without showing the wounds to Christ, means we are healthy and stand up and proud, proud in front of Him. This takes humility. This takes at times humiliation. But humility is what drives us to come to Christ to show Him our wounds. Christ, the divine disturber of the demoniac, healed. Christ, the divine disturber of his own people there, of the demoniac's people in the village of Gadara, not healed. Continue to live in death. And Christ, the disturber of our community. A beautiful image depicted today by the reading taken from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. That has to do with giving, brothers and sisters. Our perpetual struggle with our salvation. And this is, in my words to you today, as much as in St. Paul's, a disturbance that I, I like to bring to you. We find here St. Paul preaching to the people in the church in Corinth to give. What for? To the church. The church was in need in Jerusalem. And he comes to them with a very few basic statements. Right before this passage that we heard today, listen to this. St. Paul says, Show to them in Jerusalem and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. Giving is a show, it's a proof of your love. For whom? For one another and for God. Why is this needed to show the proof of our love? Because God just is proving the, 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 uh, His own love towards us. Romans 5.8 God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning what? While I was, I, the Father Yon, I was still in the tombs, naked and beating myself, Christ died for me, to heal me. That's how He demonstrates that to me, for, uh, for me. St. Paul today describes three entities. God, the giver, that's you and I, and the church. For the giver, the matter is of generosity, not of grudging obligation. When I say this, I like you to think of you giving your time, your talent, and your treasure. 
a matter of generosity. The giver, the one who gives, is, uh, is to receive fruits of righteousness, to be enriched for liberally and generously given, to receive exceeding grace of God in Himself, as we hear in the reading today. This is the giver. What is God doing in this giving relationship? God loves a cheerful giver. What's cheerful? Give a joy. And he says here for the giver, from a purpose of the heart, not of necessity. God loves the cheerful giver. God gives grace in abundance, sufficiency in all things, abundance for every good work at home, in the church, and in the world. God will give according to how we give. Freely, generously, bountifully, from the purpose of our heart. He is the one who supplies what? The seed, St. Paul says. The bread. My salary. Our health. The roof above us. And the cars we drive. Including the children we raise are His. He supplies this. And God multiplies and increases the fruits of our righteousness, St. Paul says. We have the one who gives, we have God, and we have those around the giver. We're all around some givers here. What happens when one gives in this way, generously, bountifully, the purpose of his heart, as a proof of the love he has for God and one another? The people in the church, in Jerusalem, in Corinth, in Carmel, would give thanks to God for their generosity, as we do today. And very important here, as St. Paul says, people are glorifying God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. The way we give shows how we are obedient to the gospel of Christ. Remember one of our four mission points under our vision to be transformed and open the door for people to be transformed? Is to live the gospel Giving, St. Paul says here, gives us a reason to glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. There be obedience to other gospels, such as my own gospel that preaches traveling, wealth, Starbucks, comforting, shopping, But the obedience to the confession to the gospel of Christ, of our confession to the gospel of Christ, is expressed and visible in the church by the way we give and brings thanksgiving in the hearts of those who surround us. What else does it bring, St. Paul says? Prayer for the giver. And finally, here's the great challenge of the disturbance, thanksgiving to God. Why to God? For his indescribable gift, St. Paul says. What is that indescribable gift that God gives us? Our salvation. The way we increase in giving reflects the way we separate ourselves from the demon of avarice, of self, of pleasure, of self-control. This is why we bring glory to God for the great gift. Because He gives us the opportunity to say, Yes, I want to be healed and act upon that disturbance 
that has been preaching to you right now. The options are, I stay stuck to who I am and what I've done in the past, leave me go. Or yes, I am being loved by God. He died for me when I was in the, in the, with, the, with the dead among the tombs. And I respond to this with love, generously, bountifully, with a purpose in my heart that is my salvation, being aware of the cost, the price that He paid for me. Brothers and sisters, the great disturber today is the divine disturber, the one who brings divine healing. There are people who refuse the divine healing. Today, St. Paul teaches us, that giving is a way to work on our own healing, to detach us from the values of the world, and enable us to, to give thanks to God, to have offer gratitude, that we're being saved and transformed. For you see, the people in Gadara did not show gratitude. So today, are you being disturbed by the gospel lesson in the epistle and by my word? And if so, how would you respond to this disturbance. I mean...